Hello, and welcome to This Week in James City County. I'm your host, Renee Dolman. Once again, today we are joined by Scott Stevens, the County Administrator for James City County. Welcome, Scott. Oh, it's great to be back, Renee. Good to see everybody back for the new year, right? Absolutely. And we got a lot of good feedback about the video podcast that we did with you last time. Well, great. We'll work on our glasses and our eyes this <laughs> yes, time, Yes, that's right? right. We're going to keep our eyes open. There you go. I apparently had a hard time with that. <laughs> so, but we're glad you're here and there's been a lot that's happened since you have been here last. So let's talk about it. What's going on? You know, Renee, this seems to be a lot going on all the time. So I'm always delighted to come out and talk and speak and try to share. And if folks have questions or we don't get deep enough into a topic, you know, find us, right? We're happy to talk and share more about what's going on. Uh, I do want to start by wishing everybody a happy new year. I mean, I hope uh, folks enjoyed the holiday time. I hope they rekindled with family, re-energized and are ready to go again from our employees here uh, to the citizens in the community. I, it really is a great place. And this time of year is nice as well. It's mm-hmm. not as nice as spring, but it's still nice, still nice. as well. Um, yeah, a lot of items, board items and some actions uh, that were taken recently. And I apologize. You've got to have the, or I've got to have these to see. <laughs> Uh, The Board of Supervisors did hold their organizational meeting January 2nd. That's typical of what they've done. They did select a new board chair. So Mr. Jim Eisenhower is our board chair. And then they selected a new vice chair, which is Michael Hippel. And both have a lot of history with the county, both understand local government and what its role is. And so I do want to congratulate both of them. And we'll be supportive of them and the rest of the board as we move through this year. Uh, One of the changes they made at their organizational meeting, and the only odd thing to me in the way we ran our meetings is the county and JCSA held sort of joint meetings. Right. And so the county board of supervisor meetings would run and somewhere toward the end, uh, our chair would defer to the chair for JCSA because they're the same board members. They're just different boards and they are physically different tax ID and different entities. And then they would do the JCSA meeting sort of in the middle of the board of supervisors meeting. And then they would close that and come back to the board of supervisors. That to me is a little confusing on our side. And if it's confusing for us, if community members really wanted to come speak to a JCSA issue, it probably would be confusing to them as well. Sure. So we talked with the board and uh, Doug Powell and I both, and they were agreeable to changing the meeting schedule. So the board of supervisors will still meet the second Tuesday at five o'clock like they have for a a while. Mm -hmm. And the the fourth Tuesday at four o'clock. So the board of supervisors meetings didn't change. What changed is the JCSA instead of meeting on the second Tuesday has moved their meeting to the fourth Tuesday. Okay. And so they will meet at four o'clock ahead of the Board of Supervisors work session. So it'll be a separate meeting. They'll be in the boardroom. They'll call it to order. It'll be on video. And then we would move over into the work session room. And if JCSA or the county has items there, we would discuss them. So if I've confused people, (laughs) give us a call. But the general, the Board of Supervisors meeting, same schedule as it was this past year. The JCSA Board of Directors meeting has moved to the fourth um, Tuesday uh, at four o'clock, which was the work session time. And with work sessions, there's typically never public hearings or public comment opportunities at those meetings, right? So the exact start time of that meeting from when the service authority isn't as big of an issue. That's right. You said typically, and I'm going to have an exception to that in a minute in one of my notes, but that's right. Either meeting of the board of supervisors, they can conduct county business. It's a public meeting and they can do whatever action they need. But typically, as you said, public hearings are held at the first meeting with the Board of Supervisors and not at their work session meeting. We okay. do have an exception coming in January, okay. and I'll explain that in a few minutes. All right. But typically, that is correct. So, right, the JCSA meeting would go first. They have a public comment time. They could have public hearings if they had a reason for one. And when they conclude their meeting, then the Board of Supervisors work session would begin. Okay. So I think it'll work well. We'll try it for a period of time, and if it needs adjusting, we'll adjust it. But right. we've tried to make it better for our citizenry, not 
worse. So I hope that's what we've done. Right. Very good. Um, a couple of other things just to go back really to uh, one other definition they did at the organizational meeting is they did define a group for public comment purposes. We had group that somebody could speak on behalf of a group and get up to 15 minutes to speak. But there was no definition of what a group was. Mm. And so uh, at the encouragement of our county attorney, the board had considerable discussion, but did ultimately decide that they would define a group to be four or more people present. So if you want to represent a group and you can get up to 15 minutes speaking instead of five minutes, you have to be present when you check in with our deputy clerk to speak to the board. And again, it's not trying to discourage anybody. It's just trying to, one, if you're going to say group, you need to define what the group is. And so they have now defined that to be four or more people, meaning that if, if four of us show up and I am the spokesperson, the other three would just be there in support, but they would not speak on the same item. Okay. And so the key is showing up. You though. have to be present. Okay. And you can speak in the public comment on sure. something else. But if you're speaking, if you're part of this group on this particular topic, uh, you would defer your time to the, your spokesperson, so okay. to speak. So that makes sense. Uh, we're hoping to make that better, not worse. So mm-hmm. again, the board's uh, comment was they would evaluate that. And if it creates problems that were unforeseen, they would uh, consider something else. But I think at least it defines what a group is where before it was not defined. Okay. Um, a couple of things from their December 11th meeting. So going back, not quite a month, but mm-hmm. close. I do want to recognize uh, the chairman's award that uh, Chairman Larson at the time had recognized a staff person and a citizen. Uh, she recognized Fran Greisler, who had retired from us and was mm-hmm. in our stormwater unit uh, on that side. And the citizen was Clarence A. Wilson. So I just want to congratulate both of them again. I appreciate their service to the community. Uh, and we'll see what 2019 brings and who is the results in, in December of 2019. And the chairman's award is a great opportunity for the chair of the board to select, like you've said, both an employee and a citizen or a representative from a citizen's group to appreciate the work that they've done for the county and for the community over the year. And I think it really is a hard selection for the chairperson. That's just one of those. There are a lot of great people or a lot of folks working hard and doing great things in James City County, but it really is a good honor and an opportunity for the chairperson to recognize those two uh, individuals. So I just want to congratulate both of them. The board also supervisors also heard the results of an employee engagement survey. The survey was done this past summer. Uh, quite frankly, the survey had a good response and good data, and I'll share a little more of that in a few minutes. But they did, if anybody wants to see what was presented to the board, uh, it was there at that December 11th meeting, and it's online, so you can take a look at that and see the conversation and the presentation. And then they also received several grant awards totaling $2.5 million. So congrats to our staff for pursuing those grants. Most times grants aren't given to you unless you have sought them out. Mm -hmm. And we had some in public safety, some related transportation, some for bicycle and pedestrian improvements, and then some for water quality improvements. So, again, a pretty broad um, area of things, but $2.5 million worth of grant funds coming in, which, again, typically are still tax dollars, but Mm -hmm. they're not local tax dollars. So it's leveraging our money and getting more for our citizenry here. Uh, they also approved the school growth guidelines, meaning with the school board and, and school boards approved a resolution similar, as has the city of Williamsburg, in terms of at 85% capacity, we would start evaluating things. At 90% of capacity of the schools, we would start looking at options or if there's action that needs to be taken. And that's 80, 85 and 90% across all the schools, right? So we're looking at all the elementary schools as one. So not just one school, but the in total, 85% and 90% uh, levels being trigger points to start the discussion on do we need to make plans for future student enrollment. So that is, I think, a good step. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that at 90% you'll build a new school, but it means you'll have a plan 
to address what might be coming in terms of population, student population in the future. And they also approved the school end-year spending plan. Very typical for us. The school saves some money through their fiscal year that ended June 30th, 2018. They come back to the board and ask to fund some items that they were going to ask for this year or have a need in the school. So it's not just spending money to spend it. It's spending them on needs. And it was everything from school buses to security improvements to some track and field replacements and those kinds of things within the school system. And the board, after some discussion and a couple meetings, did approve that $1.8 million uh, that the school had asked. And again, there's a very good list of items that folks would like to take a look at that uh, tied in with our board meeting December 11th. Okay. Um, a couple other items, I guess, just things going on outside of board meetings. Um, it's hard to believe we had such a snowstorm in December, but it, we did. We For did. those that uh, uh, can think back beyond before the holidays, we had quite a snowstorm. Uh, it really, I say, snuck up on us, so to mm-hmm. speak. The weather forecast was for snow, but it wasn't for the the amount that we got. Right. And then it was a very heavy snow. Mm-hmm. And so that heavy snow really had a lot of damaging limbs, right? I remember that Sunday afternoon, four or five o'clock, at least in the neighborhood where I am, you started had limbs just falling off in the street right. or in people's yards or taking down electric lines. And so it really generated a lot of debris. And we've had a, a, a lot of citizenry asking, why didn't we come pick it up, do curbside pickup of debris? And there are a couple of reasons. And, and what people typically are remembering is during, I think, Hurricane Irene some years ago, the county did a countywide pickup at, at curbside um, of storm debris. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the difference, really, a couple things. We're not in the collection business in terms of the county. We've had some discussions over that in the past. The board seems to want to have that discussion again. So we may be in that business in the future. But today, we have limited capabilities of picking up debris. We do right. have a few trucks, and you can call and get us for $75. We'll pick up a tremendous amount of limbs. But you still have to call to do that, and it's still point by point. You still pay a little bit. So for $75, you can have a lot of limbs picked up if you have that problem. Uh, But the other side, comparing back to why we did it 10 or 11 years ago and why we didn't do it this time, was when, when you have a large natural disaster, such as a hurricane, and you become a declared community, it opens up outside resources, mostly federal and state money, to help the local areas recover. So we put in a little money, but we get a tremendous amount back from the state and federal government. That is what happened 10 or 11 years ago, is that we had a lot of debris. We were a declared community. We hired a contractor. We went out and picked up the debris. We did do curbside collection, as I understand, but there was money to refund that cost to the county. So it really was very little local expense. Okay. When you get into the storm debris that are are like snowstorms that aren't declared, they're just, they're messy. They do generate a lot of debris. We didn't have a lot of trees fall down. We had some, Mm -hmm. but we had a lot of limbs. So there is a lot of debris scattered throughout. That really is back to folks having to look after themselves, whether that's through their HOA that may or may not contract to have that debris removed or individually carrying it to our landfill then letting us handle it and paying a small fee to get rid of it. So the other option is to paying the $75. We mm-hmm. would send a truck out, and it's four cubic yards, just as an official, but that's a lot of volume in terms right. of picking up limbs. So I'm sorry we don't provide that better service at this point. Uh, we may in the future. That's at least up for discussion. But it comes at a cost, and it's those of us here. If we send the county out to pick up your debris, then your neighbor is, in effect, paying for your debris, right? right. Because your money or our money that we spend is really the community's money. So right. that's this, a broader discussion and why we did not pick up storm debris as a county uh, during this event. Okay. Um, well, and something with the $75, four cubic yards, like you've said, is quite a bit. It is. Folks can maybe get together with their neighbors. Absolutely. Yeah. It's not per household. It's right. per site. So if you have a neighborhood, two or three neighbors that have a large collection together, if they'll put the piles close together, I don't right. close together, reasonably reasonable right. proximity, uh, we would work with them and, and pick up 
um, those at the same time. And again, for that same $75 fee, up to four cubic yards. And we're pretty generous in the four cubic yards. Okay. So if folks have questions, again, they call us and find us, and we'll be happy to talk through that. Okay, very good. Um, the other thing uh, you mentioned earlier, Christmas trees. And we mentioned the holidays yes. and getting through that. Uh, we are accepting Christmas trees at no charge at all of our convenience centers through January 31st. You've got to get it to us, but right. there's not a charge to leave it with us. And then we'll have some beneficial reuse for those trees as well. So we'd encourage folks to drop those off before the end of January, and we'll be happy to collect, take those and um, – Move them on. Right. And all three of the county convenience centers will accept them. It's a great service. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is as well. Uh, w- one thing I mentioned earlier, we talked about public hearings and the work session meeting not normally having public hearings. And right. I mentioned having an exception to that. Uh, we did have, uh, I think, five public hearings advertised some, so partially advertised for our January 8th or the board's January 8th meeting. Unfortunately, the rules for requirements for advertising require so many publications in a local paper. We had the first round of publications get into the local paper. The paper had some issues with an outside entity compromising their system, which didn't allow our the last of our ads to get run in time for mm. the January 8th meeting. So not even one person's fault. It's just one of those things that happens sometimes right. in our technology-driven society. But it doesn't let us meet the legal requirement for advertising. So we have moved those public hearings. We have moved a few of them to January 22nd to the work session, one that were development-related. We didn't want to hold up a developer uh, that, because of that any longer than we had to. And then we also had a budget approved pre-hearing on our budget. So okay. those did get moved to the work session time frame, and they will start sometime after 4 o'clock. They've okay. been advertised at 4. After the JCSA Board of Directors meeting, the, the Board of Supervisors will hold the public hearings that got moved to that work session time frame. And then the balance of the public hearings got moved to their March 12th Board of Supervisor meeting. Okay. So like you said, typically we don't do public hearings at work sessions. In this case, our first month of a change, we're going to do public hearings sure, at work sessions. Sure, of course. So that's okay. It, but this, I mean, I don't know of any other time where this has happened where we haven't been able to get the advertising in and... And things happen. That's right. And we we got it in. It's just the paper right. was unable to publish right. it because of something that compromised their system from the outside. And those are things that could happen to any of us. Absolutely. So, uh, we'll work through that. And I don't think it'll be an inco- too much of an inconvenience. Maybe just a little bit of a confusion if folks read the January 8th right. notice. And now we're not doing it January 8th. Well, and I think it also shows our commitment to transparency. And we want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to review the documents, to see what's going on on a public hearing, and come out and speak if they choose That's right. to. That's right. Um, a couple other things I'd like to mention, moving away from the, the Board of Supervisors and their meetings and some other policy items going on. I did uh, uh, come into work here in James City County. One of my first priorities was to meet as many employees as possible. Right. And I really wanted to meet all employees. That's not as easy as it first sounds because we don't work at one place at one time. Uh, but over the past three months, I have met with over 500 employees, Wow. Uh, which is about 90% of the county employees that really report to me. When you okay. take out vacancies and you look at those that really uh, report to me, um, I've met with over about 90%, which I'm pretty pleased with that. I still would like to pick up the other 10, and sure. I hope to have an opportunity to do that. Uh, but what I found throughout the county departments is we have a really great group of people working for this community. Most of them seem to enjoy working here and serving. Um, by and large, they are happy to be at work. You know, we all have our moments at work where I'd rather not be here today, maybe. Not uh, me, but, ever. Well, I've not seen that, ever. <laughs> 
Uh, but I will tell you, just being from police to fire to social services to parks and rec to our planning folks and development services and real estate, our, uh, even our technology guys seem to be happy to be here. So, you yeah. know, we really have a, a very dedicated, competent workforce here. And I just want to reassure the community and also say thank you to our employees for the warm welcome. And again, some have been chattier than others in our meetings. And I've met with groups of three or I've met with groups of in DSS's case, almost 50 at one time. So, um, but it's been a really good experience for me to see. And our employee engagement survey that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. the results really sort of confirm that. Um, we have a, when you look at the overall results, we have a very uh, positive response from our employees and their liking to be an employee here and doing the work they do. Uh, we have some areas to work on, and I guess to the employees mostly into the community, so you know what we're talking about on our side. Uh, the four, at least some areas to work on or pay benefits, leadership training, uh, and we are addressing all of those areas. Uh, Pay, uh, we did implement a pay study. It Mm -hmm. just went into effect last summer. This survey took effect just about last summer. So I'm I'm not saying our pay is going to tip the needle on that, but I think we've made some improvements pretty immediately to the pay Mm -hmm. issue because they were coming anyhow. We have the second phase of that pay and comp study coming in terms of implementation as part of this upcoming budget. So I think the employees will see more of that in July. So we have made improvements to pay. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we've we've budged that a little bit and maybe more to go, but at least we have made some improvements. On the benefit side, about the time we did the employee engagement survey, we had a significant change in our health insurance. Mm-hmm. We went from one provider to another, which if you haven't been through that is very traumatic for yeah. some, right? Yeah, and right. particularly for those where it's a maybe the provider they've always gone to is no longer in the system mm-hmm. for the current provider. So we've had some of those issues and some things to work through. I want to, you know, just to the employee base, I think we have excellent insurance. It may be different, but mm-hmm. it is still a good insurance mm-hmm. plan. And we, as, as the leadership, want to make sure that we have good benefits for our employees. That's that's important to the ELT groups, important to our board of supervisors. It's certainly important to me. And I do want to reassure them, I believe we have great benefits, health insurance included. And although it's different, and sometimes you have to understand different, uh, once we get through that and help people through, I think by and large, people will will come to recognize that. So I would bet we've moved the needle on that just with education and then fixing some of the issues that happened during that transition, mm-hmm. but more, more to come. And then in the leadership training piece, uh, we talk, uh, I know in-house we've got Stephanie Burton in HR who's conducting leadership training, really open to all. They need to make the request to Stephanie in HR who will then work with their department head to ensure we're they're okay to be there. But from a standpoint of doing it in-house, we're trying to do it in-house because that's lower cost, right? I'm right. already paying Stephanie's cost to be here. She has those skills and abilities. Uh, she's already had one class, and her class size is around 35. Her January class is full. Uh, she's got another class to advertise for April and July. So for county employees, contact Stephanie, and if you're interested in leadership training, we'll work through to get you on the schedule and get you into that. But I think that's a commitment we've got to make long-term. Mm-hmm. It's not one and done. It is a process of leadership training, as with many things. You can take a class, and that starts, but you've got to implement and keep on going. And then she's also working on a more in-depth leadership training, really geared at mid-level and up, trying to okay. do succession planning at the upper side of our um, organization, where it would be really an annual kind of event and maybe eight classes or so and some mentoring through the year. And so more to come on that. But we are trying to address some of those areas that were pointed out uh, during the employee engagement survey with more to come. So I think the, the information that we received from employees was really good. I think to the community, uh, we're trying to make your employees who are already or seemingly 
pretty satisfied here and happy to work to serve the community, uh, address some of those areas of concern they have. So we let them be focused on their job serving the community. So uh, I'm excited about where we're headed with that and think we've got a lot to do. The, the last thing in the engagement survey that I remember, and I didn't write this down, is really holding people accountable. I think that's important for all of us in leadership roles, um, not to mistreat people, not to take advantage of them, but folks are here to do a job right. and we need to make sure they're doing that job. And I think we're doing that in a lot of areas. I think sometimes folks think, and maybe their employee, their coworker gets by with something, mm-hmm. and maybe they do for a little while. But it's one of those things you're trying to work with staff and get them developed and, and point out those areas where they can improve. And our goal is to improve them. We have a lot of money invested in getting them here and getting them whatever training to date. Uh, so rather than just cutting ties with them immediately, we do, I think, owe it to them and to the citizens to work with who we have and, and try to get them to be the best they can be. And, and we will put some effort toward that. So I think we'll address all of the real focus areas of the engagement survey. A couple of items, and I'll see if you have any um, questions of me. Okay. You always seem to have something. But of maybe course I've, I do. Maybe I've worn you out today. <laughs> no. uh, I do want to mention Amy Jordan, our uh, economic development director, and I met with officials from Joint Base uh, Langley Uses during December. Um, really had a great meeting there, sort of understanding their mission and what goes on there and their footprint. Uh, they expressed a desire to be more out in the communities in which their members live. Uh Surprisingly to me, they have around 6,000 servicemen and women there at uh, the Joint Base Langley-Eustis. Um, almost over a third live in James City County. Wow. And when you add their families into the mix, they have approximately 7,500 service people and their families living in James City County. Well, that that's significant. It's mm-hmm. significant for uh, the base, but it's also significant for James City County. And one, I want to uh, welcome them to James City County. They must feel welcome to be here, but right. I want to say that officially for me and do thank them and their families for the service to our community. I've learned by being a reservist and working in a military community, it really is a family event when people serve. Um, and I do want to thank them both for their service. If we can do things to make their stay here better, we want to do that. So please reach out to us and we'll we'll work through that. The other thing I'd like to mention is the um, we have an excellent transportation museum on uh, Joint Base Langley Eustis. Anybody can get to that. You've got to stop at the visitor center to get to that museum, uh, but it is a phenomenal museum. And if you haven't visited in a while, I would encourage it. If you've never visited, you ought to put it on your list. It's a few minutes down the road and I think well worth your time with a lot of displays, a lot of indoor stuff, a lot of outdoor things, a lot of stuff you can walk on or walk in. Uh, Really well put together and it probably is one of those sort of hidden gems if you hadn't thought about it or didn't know it was there or available to you because of it being on post, that you can get there as a civilian uh, with no connection to the to the post and um, enjoy, you know, an hour or two or six, whatever you might want to spend in a museum. Now, you do know that you have set yourself up because you talked about tenacity. I did. The exhibit at Jamestown at the last podcast. And now you've talked about the Transportation Museum. So we're now going to expect a fun places to visit segment for all future <laughs> That's podcasts. some of those unintended consequences, <laughs> That's right. you know, but as I visit places within the region and James City County in particular, mm-hmm. I certainly will point those out because there are Good. a lot of great places here from our parks to other museums to other places and businesses and things that are community driven. So we'll, we'll talk more about that as we go. I don't know if it'll be on everyone, but I'll certainly have my radar up to share those kind of Good. things. Well, and I think that there's a lot of people that have lived here for a very long time and just have never made it to some of those you things. Know, I think it's I, what I've witnessed. People live at the beach. Well, they, they love the beach. They live there, but they never get to the beach. So it's right. one of those things you sometimes just take it for granted because yeah. it's so close and uh, would certainly encourage folks to get out and revisit some of those areas they haven't been to in a while. All 
right. You know, the, the last thing for me that I thought I'd mention is budget discussion. We've been yeah. working hard on the staff side, the department level, submitting the request into our, our finance department. Uh, our finance director is bringing those at least initial conversations. One, our pre-budget uh, public hearing is on January 22nd. Uh, it's one of the public hearings that we moved at 4 o'clock or thereafter. Uh, but she is also going to have discussion with the Board of Supervisors during their work session to talk about budget items. So okay. we're beginning that public discussion of our budget, and then we'll see where we go from that with the idea of having a budget adopted in May. So, okay. so pretty busy a couple months talking about budget so if you have questions on that uh, please don't hesitate to, to call or ask or look online we'll have a lot of information available but january 22nd is when that really starts on the public side part of that and a big part of that is schools and in particular mm-hmm. the schools their capital improvement plan we've had joint meetings in with uh, all three boards city of williamsburg james city county and the school board in December, talk about their capital requests. Um, they do have significant requests in new buildings, okay. meaning a new elementary school and expansions to all three high schools that they've requested as seeing a need within the school system over the next three years. And that mm. turns into $80 million, which is significant. So we're still in discussions on uh, with City of Williamsburg and the school system on timing and when and making sure that the need is really there. And so I won't say that we'll approve their CIP at our level at the same, but we understand their need. We believe it to be real. Uh, we're trying to work it into what makes sense in our financials as well. So okay. we're working through those kinds of things and more to come during the next month or two on our budget. So Renee, for me, I've, I've done most of the talking and I think, um, folks are tired of that. So no. <laughs> at any rate, you had a lot of great information hope, to share. I so hope. Yeah, the beginning, you know, it seems like the holidays, things slow down a little bit. And then we just, once January gets here, it is all budget and busy times. That's so, right. That's well, right. Well, you know, I have a couple of questions that I have to ask. Great. But you've already answered the zombie question and you've also answered the pizza <laughs> question. So okay. these are going to be easy. Nice. Okay. What was your first job? And not your first professional job, but your first, first job. job. Uh, my first job was working uh, in an Ace Hardware in the town ta- in Cary, where I grew up, and um, provided a, a wealth of experience that I just never um, appreciated going into it. I learned an awful lot in that hardware store by people asking questions and me understanding what they were looking for and helping them find whatever it was they were looking for. But I had a lot of good memories of working in Ace Hardware. Okay, and how long were you there? Huh. Well, that's been a while ago, at least, you know, probably about four years. Wow. It was part-time four years. It was yeah. during my high school years and some of college, and, um, but provided lifelong friendships from, mm-hmm. from that and a lot of good stories to, to tell another time. And probably where a lot of this customer service comes um, from, too. At least some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least some of that, because uh, that was the role that we were in, or the folks in the jackets running around the store as people came in to greet them and help them find what they needed. Mm-hmm. And So, yes, maybe. I, right. hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. you might be right. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. Sure. All right. If you could have one meal for the rest of your life, you would have to eat it three times a day. What would that be? Um, you know, there's uh, my mother told me anything to put on my plate. Right. I have to eat. Right. So, and I think you said that the last time. I've but... been, I'm pretty good at that. There's not a one meal for me. Okay. I am happy to eat the same thing, all three meals every day forever. Okay. I'm a very basic person. I don't mind eating something really nice and I don't mind, but I don't mind a sandwich. So for me, it really is about being able to eat at a reasonable time for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I do like okay. to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hate to pick a favorite. The only thing I really don't like that okay. I'm still working on are beets. Oh, you know, I've yeah. overcome a lot of things that I didn't like, but I just haven't gotten through beets yet. So I'm still there. They're one of those really good foods for you. Yeah. And I've tried mm. them a number of times and we'll keep trying. 
Um, but I've adapted to almost everything else. And so uh, in terms of favorite, if it's food on a plate, that's my favorite right then. All right. Okay. And what is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, boy. You know, gosh, there are a lot of movies. Um, I hate to say favorite all time. One that I really liked was Officer and a Gentleman. That happened to be oh, in the 80s. It happened yeah. to be just at a time of life that just that just sort of struck a chord. And I've seen that a few times over the last decade or two. And, and that's still a pretty good movie. Top Gun fits in there, too, because I mean, okay. maybe it's the airplanes and all that together. Right. But, uh yeah, I think that movie was was up on the high list. And there are a number of others, but uh, I like the action ones for sure. And that's just one that stuck with me from a, a younger time in my life. So. Okay. Well, and you had no idea what those three questions were going to be. I did not. I have to do better pre-screening screening the questions. No, I was going to say the opposite. You were like on it. <laughs> you well, great. Yeah. Some people would have said a movie they saw last year or something, but no, you went back. Well, good. I'm good, very good. impressed. <laughs> All right. All right well, anything else before we wrap up? No, I would just encourage people. I, you know, we'll have the number on the video a couple times. I didn't mm-hmm. give the number, but if but folks find us, if you have questions about what we're doing or comments or things we ought to go, we are here and we really are here right. to serve and we enjoy hearing from the community. So we're happy to do that. I am headed out to speak to a number of civic clubs over the next month. Be delighted to come to your club or group or whatever and, and at least give you a firsthand perspective of what's going on from where I sit and see what kind of questions or comments you have. I look forward to those engagements as well. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. Absolutely. And we will see you next time. Sounds great. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, please take a minute to go online and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Stitcher or iTunes or wherever you find your podcast. Also take a moment to go to our website. We're at www.jamescitycountyva.gov forward slash podcast. And while there, you're going to be able to look at all of our previous episodes and listen to them. You can also, there's a form, please give us feedback. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If there's something that we need to change, we'd really love to hear from you. Feedback is great. So besides that, thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk with you next week.